Hey everybody, welcome to His Chosen Child Podcast. I'm your host, Camilla Sloan Howard. And today we have a special guest with us. We're here to talk about our King and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, our all and in all, part two. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, author, psalmist, prophetess, and my sister, Latrina Riley. Scott, sorry, sis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. No problem, sister. So uh, we're just going to get right into this. Uh, my prior podcast, Jesus Christ, my all and in all, this is kind of like uh, piggybacking off of um, the same baseline of who Christ is in our lives. And um, just to give a little bit of your personal testimony, um, when did you first meet Jesus? Um, I would have to say my first encounter with Jesus was at a pretty young age. Um, I guess in my first encounter, I really didn't know that this was my first encounter with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say I was probably about 12 years old Mm -hmm. and uh, this was probably which this is something that I talk about in my book this is uh, probably like a week before the the passing of my mother and uh, Mm -hmm. I was sitting outside of my aunt's house and I would always sit out there and sit on her porch and sing so Mm -hmm. I was just sitting out there singing and then all of a sudden like this overwhelming feeling of I guess I would have to say fear and sorrow came over me and it was just like I just heard the voice of the Lord say your mother is about to die oh wow and so it I'm 12 so it it, it took me fast and so I just kind of, I kind of like just passed it off or what have you. And mm-hmm. it never really, it never really came back to my remembrance until the morning that she passed. And um, wow. I was, I guess I was sitting at the dining room table and my family was asking me if I wanted to sing at uh, my mother's funeral. And I was telling them no, but they kept telling me like, oh, there's something she would want you to do. So they asked me to start practicing this song. So I started singing the song and like, as soon as I started singing the song, it was as if I was outside of my body, like watching myself back Mm -hmm. a week prior and seeing the same event where the Lord had already disclosed to me that my mother was going to die. And I know that it was God's way of trying to prepare me for the event, but because I was so young and really didn't have knowledge of the way that God would allow me to foresee events, uh-huh. and I just didn't, I really didn't pay it any attention. It didn't oh, equip wow. me the way that it should have. So basically, that was probably the first time that you well in hindsight looking back it's the first time that you realized that you were prophetic but at the time you didn't know right I I know that it wasn't honestly that wasn't even the first time that I realized I was prophetic but Mm -hmm. it was it may have been the second time I would say but Mm -hmm. this time was it was like the first time was kind of you know just surface level 
But mm-hmm. this time with this event, it was like really in depth. I had never had an experience like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. The other experience that I did have was just me telling my mother something that the Lord said, and it kind of had her like, "Whoa!" Like because so, at, the, at the time, I may have been like ten when I told her what the Lord said. But I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just sitting there on the floor playing with my toy and. I just mm-hmm. said what the Lord told me to say, and my mom was kind of looking at me like, okay. Wow. <laughs> so was she a Christian? Did you grow up in a Christian home, or was this, like, all new? Well, I will, I will say that I I did not grow up in a Christian home, per se, but uh, the, the, the running thing in my family is either everybody sings or everybody's mm-hmm. a preacher. Oh, um, okay. So my grandmother, she was people to this day call me Lil Lil Aura. And mm-hmm. that's my grandmother's name, Aura. So and that's because she was a powerful prophetess. And so wow. my my mom my mom's mother, she was very, very, very deep off into God. And so mm-hmm. I guess once my mom got older, you know how if mama ain't there to make you do it, you kinda mm-hmm. start straying away from Yeah. Mama. So that's kind of where we were as far as the household. Did you go? Did you all go to church with um, your grandma, or did your mom take you out of church sometimes? Now my mom would take us to church, but as for me, like my sisters and my my sister and my older brothers, they probably have the account that they went to church with my grandmother. But mm-hmm. by the time I was born, I think my my grandmother passed away when I was like one, so I never really had that experience. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, um, at one point, as a maybe a older child or maybe a, a teenage, you know, early teenage years, is that at that point did you like um, become curious about getting to know God in a personal way, or did that happen in your young adult years? Um, I would have to say probably around. 18 years old and this was right after I had left from um, the children's home and I ended up going back to stay with my um, with my stepfather in my childhood home mm-hmm. and my two little brothers they came running in the house from playing and they had a friend that lived not next door to us but probably the next house over and uh, mm-hmm. I would always see the little boy's parents or whatever and we would speak because we had all been living there for so long so Mm -hmm. they came running in the house and they were like um uh whatever the little boy name was they were like his parents want to talk to you so I was like okay I was kind of like for what but I went Mm -hmm. so when I got over there um they asked me if they could show me something and so I was like okay so they pull out this uh what is it called the vcr tape or whatever they pull out this vhs tape and the front of it says left behind Mm -hmm. so they put the left behind movie in i watched the movie and i'm just sitting there like whoa like Mm -hmm. wow so at that point that was kind of the open door for them to start sharing jesus with me and Mm -hmm. so um they started 
you know, kind of asking me if I knew who God was. And I was like, yeah, I know who God is. And so they started talking to me about the importance of having a relationship with God and the importance of knowing where my soul would go and things like that. And so um, they ended up giving me a Bible. And so the lady instructed me that every day I should read one scripture a day out of their Bible. And so I just kind of at that point, I found myself really pressing hard to live a saved life. But at the same mm-hmm. token, you know, I'm I'm 18 years old. So mm-hmm. exactly. Um, after my mom died, I had moved in with my great aunt and my great aunt is a minister. So, you know, I was like definitely in church. Like if she was in church, I was there and she was there pretty much six, seven days out the week. So I kind of strayed away. So this right here, this event was what kind of put me back on track. But at uh-huh. the same token, like I'm I'm a young adult, so this is my first taste of freedom. So I kind of held on to my relationship with God for a while, but after a while it started being like uh my Bible started collecting more dust and more right. dust. So do you remember um in that process when you first had an encounter with Holy Spirit, like when you were maybe filled with the Holy Spirit or maybe, you know, his presence and glory fell on you where it had an impact on um, you living uh, that completely sold out life? Um, I will say that my first experience with the Holy Spirit was one that honestly kind of like you know my first experience with Jesus I didn't know that this was what was happening to me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was in Sunday service and um, I was up in the choir stand and the choir was singing and we were singing the song because he lives Mm -hmm. and um, this lady she was up in the balcony of the church and she was real dark lady she was dressed in all black and she got up and she was standing up and kind of everybody's attention kind of went to her and she started talking well the whole church was like yeah amen yeah yeah and so all of a sudden my uncle who's the pastor of the church he was just like hush hush you're not even listening to what she's saying well this lady was a witch and she oh, was wow. she was saying when you guys were singing because he lives I was singing to my father Satan and she was mm-hmm. basically calling my uncle like uh, a fake pastor because mm-hmm. he was teaching us the wrong thing and so all of a sudden like I'm standing next to my godmother and she grabs my hand and all of a sudden it was like the power of God just shot through my body and I started like I didn't know this at the time but I'm warring in the spirit with this witch and this was the very first time I ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit oh wow how old were you I was about 16 oh my goodness girl wow that's crazy story okay so in what ways has he spoken to you since then what ways does Holy Spirit lead you and speak to you? I mean, the relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit, with God, with Jesus, is just off the chain. I, I Honestly, I feel like, and I know it's probably like the most cliche thing, but like, that's my best friend. Yeah. Um, I don't mm-hmm. care. If we all know that we are all imperfect people, you know, serving a perfect God. So Amen. I don't care how far... I may travel or how 
you know, how many times I may fall or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, this is what keeps me so in awe of him and keeps me so drawn to him is because no matter how far I go, it's like he always, always speaks to me. And it's amazing to me because I'm just like, God, how is it that you can still use me? How is it that you can still speak to me the way that you do when I'm so imperfect? I'm so less than what you require for me to be. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like in my everyday life through the, some of the the most smallest things, like yeah. I can hear him speaking to me. Amen. Yes, girl. So um, do you do you know... Um, what keeps you connected like in those dry seasons and in those times in your life where you just feel uh, far from God or you feel distracted you got a lot going on or maybe you just feel like you're not like you said you're not living up to you who you've who he's called you to be um what keeps you connected to him Honestly. Is, it, is it those is it do you feel like it's those um, times when he's leading and speaking that keeps you connected or is there anything that you do day to day that draws you near to him and keeps you faithful? Well, I would say it's a combination of the two. Um, Um, I would have to say that first and foremost is his resume. Like uh um, you and I have had this conversation on multiple occasions. Like I literally almost died two times Mm -hmm. so for somebody to be so protective over me like that like it it just keeps me mindful of him all the time Um, Mm -hmm. and then also because you know it's it's like at this point in my life like I don't have outside of my husband and my child like I don't have anything but him and so I I can't help but to rely on him daily like if I don't have him like I have absolutely nothing so yes girl same I understand that yes that's it so um do you know like any practical day-to-day ways that people who are seeking for Christ can draw near to him I would have to say a lot of times as Christians and this is this is a sad statistic but um a lot of times as Christians, like we don't utilize our tools, the tools that God has given us a lot. And those tools being prayer and um, the word of God, reading our Bibles. And so I feel like there is absolutely no way to live a successful Christian life outside of the word of God and outside of prayer, which is basically our relationship with him. Absolutely. And so um, I feel like if if searching for a successful or fruitful relationship with God is on your agenda, the number one way to find that relationship or to strengthen that relationship is to stay constant in prayer and stay constant in your word because it's it's that word that continues to nourish you and our spiritual food is completely different from our natural food because we can eat some food uh, like some natural food and we're we're okay like we we're sustained it it fills us up but when it comes to the spiritual food it's like the more you eat the more you want to eat the more you eat the more you desire that spiritual food so however on the flip side with our spirit with our spiritual food 
the more you kind of like shun away from the word of God, mm-hmm. it's like the harder it is for you to yeah. get back into that place where you mm-hmm. desire the word of God. Yes, yes, exactly. It builds up the spirit, man. So that's very important without the word, without the word and connecting to God in prayer. That's like the, I feel like that's the number one way to know who he is. If you don't read his word, you won't know who he is. Even if you just pray, you know, you have to read the word. That's very crucial. So, um, you know, it's a lot of people out here who don't know their purpose, who don't know um, their divine calling, but they've probably in their own minds come up with some type of gerbil wheel quest of fulfilling who they feel they're supposed to be. And most of the time it's through like um, jobs or, you know, material um, things like, you know, something that you can attain in the natural people are, are like searching for. So, but we know that we were created for much more than that. So for the person out there who is like on this gerbil wheel of um, trying to find success and wholeness and happiness, but they just never feel fulfilled. They never feel, you know, at peace. Um, How important is that in knowing your purpose, your true purpose? How how important do you feel like um, the people should know in finding their true purpose and identity? Um, what I can say is this. I'll use this as an example. Um, the children of Israel mm-hmm. and how uh, when they were in the, in the years that Joseph lived, they knew who they were. They knew that they were God's people. Mm-hmm. So after Joseph died, um, the Bible says that there arose a king that, that didn't know Joseph. So in the years that Joseph was alive, they always had this favor on their life. They were always known as um, God's people, God's chosen people, and were always associated with the power and the authority of God. But once mm-hmm. Joseph died, then the Bible says there arose a king that didn't know Joseph. So he looked at them like these people are too powerful. So right. the number one way for a person to strip you of your power is to cause you to forget who you are. Amen. So um, once they go into bondage, it becomes God's soul. Uh, purpose to remind him of who they are and the way that he did that was of course to cause Moses to bring them out of the land of Egypt Mm -hmm. and so sometimes God has to remove us from our bondage and remove us from everything that we're familiar with in order to remind us of who we are and the way that God does that is by bringing us back into covenant and relationship with him because outside of God you'll never know who you are no, you will not. That is so true, sister. Amen. That's very crucial. So, um, in what way does he use you most? Because I know you have a lot of gifts, um, and you've been on your walk for a while now, but out of all the different ways that he speaks to you and that he leads you and uses you, what would be the main way, you would say? I would have to say... Probably 
prophetically, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. probably the greatest way that God uses me because even when you know, times when I'm just chilling, like, and my friends and family all know, like, sometimes I can just will I'll, I'll just be sitting and talking to one of my friends or something like that, and then I'll get quiet. And then I thought, oh man, what is God showing you? Like, that's, <laughs> that's just how it goes. So, and right. then even in times when I'm not even trying to be used, and I'm like, come on, God. But mm-hmm. it's like this burden on me, like, I gotta say. Also, is it usually like you'll be around people, he'll show you something about that person that he wants you to reveal to them, and then you'll have to like battle between like you feeling like this is appropriate right now and being obedient and like not even wanting to go there because you know how people respond to stuff like that exactly Mm -hmm. Exactly. wow so what's the difference to you personally in being in the christian religion and actually having an intimate relationship with christ um well i'm gonna be honest i back when i was uh real real young and um my relationship with god um i was a part of this ministry and the pastor had preached a sermon uh and it was entitled religion versus relationship and before i would always be like oh it's my religion to this and it's my religion to do that and because of my religion i don't do that but um through that message it was like god kind of taught me that religion kind of has nothing to do with god religion has Mm -hmm. more to do with uh basically like a system of beliefs and the way that religion is set up is kind of like if you remember the pharisees and the sadducees in Mm -hmm. the bible about how they persecuted jesus and Mm -hmm. that's kind of like where we are with christianity today it's like Mm -hmm. if it don't look like this then it's like oh that's not god but Mm -hmm. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were literally staring God in the face and yeah. persecuting him uh, because they were trying to uphold the law greater than mm-hmm. they were trying to uphold God. Yes. So for me, I feel like I don't really want to be associated with religion. Mm-hmm. And I know that probably sounds like, oh my God, but I don't really want to be associated with religion because I don't want to be associated with anything that's going to keep me inside of a box because mm-hmm. that's not the type of God that we serve. I feel, like, I feel like relationship is more so um, an intimate thing. If this yeah. is something that you only have, you only have, you, you can consider people associates or you can consider people a friend or a family member, but you have, I feel like when it comes to relationships, I can, I can have a relationship with you on a surface level, or I can have an intimate relationship with you. And that's the way how God is like, mm-hmm. which kind of goes back to what we talked about, about basically uh making sure that you maintain that prayer life and your worship life and things like that because it's through doing those things that you strengthen your relationship but like with religion it's either you right or wrong and that's just it you condemned or not so so good sis that is so good i love that that is so true and it just breaks my heart to see so many people with that yoke of religion on them and they just don't understand and don't know the freedom that is out of the source of love like that the source is rituals for them but the true source 
um, and the relationship with Christ is based off love and it's just unfortunate to see so many people who are not walking in that love it's, but, it's honestly it, it's a hurtful thing because when you look at the condition of the body of Christ it's just kind of like we have traveled so far away from um, when God first established the church and oh yes the reason that I say that is because you look at the fact that look at uh, what's the what was her name Mary Magdalene and how uh, the Bible pretty much paints her as what you would say as a promiscuous woman uh-huh. and, and so you know the people were ready to stone her and put her to death but uh-huh. to look at the way that Jesus handled her with such love and care and how after Jesus handled her in this way she went on to become you know an amazing part of the the process of Jesus getting to Calvary and so the thing about it is I just feel like that the way that the church is today is if you don't look like church Uh people then Uh it's like you're already condemned as you walk in the door and I remember probably like a few months ago I was um, Uh I was at work and it was the place where I was working at it was a lot of people in there that you could just tell they were dealing with a lot of lustful Uh and so it was this one particular girl she was a Caucasian girl Uh and she was a lesbian Uh and so one night I never really talked to her a lot so this one particular night it was just me her and another girl in the office and so we started talking and stuff and she was asking me questions about God and stuff like that so she was like well you know I was raised in the church and she started opening up to me and she was just like I know that the life that I'm living is wrong. She was Mm -hmm. like, I read my Bible every day and every single day, the word of God convicts me about my life. She was just like, but I'm stuck in a stronghold and I don't know how to get out. Mm -hmm. And so I was just telling her about how it was so important to stay connected to the body of Christ and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And she was like, I can't do that. And so I was like, why? She said, I went to church. And I went to church this Sunday. I got up and I was just in search for my deliverance because I didn't want this bondage anymore. And she said, when I got to the church, the pastor immediately started preaching about my lifestyle and how I was going to hell and, uh, Mm. you know, just basically condemning her. And Mm. so I'm not going to even lie. That broke my heart because I just feel like Mm -hmm. we know we know that you know certain mm-hmm. things are certain things can send us to hell but yeah. it's not the responsibility of the church to condemn us if jesus didn't come to condemn us then what do you think why mm-hmm. do you think that god would send man to condemn someone mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to love on these people no matter how messed up they are the yeah. church is a hospital and so if you can't yeah. come to church if you can't come to church the in the most, most raggedy state that you're in and mm-hmm. be fulfilled if you're leaving the church more beat down than you came then the church is not serving its purpose exactly and i hear so many stories of like you know when i just try to minister to people in my day-to-day life i come across people 
who give me these horror stories of what they experienced when they went to church. And I'm just like, oh, they just don't understand. Like, you are literally turning these people off and turning them away from the love of God. Like, that is horrible. I, I, I get those stories a lot. And it just, it really grieves me to know how um, judgmental and just, uh, outcasting the church can be towards people who want to be free. Well, to be quite honest, just to kind of give you a little snippet, that's the that's the main purpose of my book because I've mm-hmm. disclosed to you before that I've been through some of the most horrific events in the church. And yes. I was in prayer one day and I started praying and it was like it was like the things that I was saying were, was things that I would be saying to someone else. And I, what I was saying was basically building up the body of Christ and reminding them how precious they were to the Lord and how God knows that they've been hurt, but he's ready. He's standing there waiting to bandage them up because it's mm-hmm. so many people that are either sitting on the pews of the church or either are sitting at home and they don't want to be involved with the church. They may be there, but they're like mentally checked out because mm-hmm. of being hurt and being persecuted and being condemned and things like that. And like, I, I don't know for me, because I lost my mom at such a young age, I've always been the type of person that I've been in search of of, of an older more experienced woman to pour into me but every mm-hmm. time I get into a church it's like I can't get it I can't get yeah. it because either that person is intimidated by the gift that God has pl- placed on my life or either mm-hmm. it's just like they have the most jacked up character and like self-righteous that- girl I'm drawn to older women too and and now that you put it that way it makes sense to me as to why because I never understood like why I've always liked older ladies so much and it may have that um you know seeking a motherly type of figure and somebody who is more experienced in their walk but I've I've seen you know I haven't experienced it to the degree that you have but I have seen a lot of self-righteousness and a lot of the um, older Christians who should be, you know, kind of leading in love. And, and sometimes it could just it could just turn into something totally different. And I'm so happy that I don't base my view of God and my relationship of who Christ is off of the church. Because if I did, I would have got turned off a long time ago. But thank God, you know, thank God that I was so diligent in my um, uh, drawn near to him and you know in my relationship and, and in my salvation that he had already brought me to a point where I knew him to where nothing nobody else uh, would do or say or you know treat me would affect that and that's very that's very important because if you don't if you don't try to connect with God personally outside of church and outside of other people um, then that can completely warp your view of who God is and his character so and that's yeah. that's literally what's happening you have so many people that um, a lot of people associate which which they should but a lot of people that are not in the church like that they associate relationship with God as I need to go to church 
they mm-hmm. uh, this is how they feel like if they're going through something it's like i gotta go to church mm-hmm. if you know if they experience a loss i gotta go to church but mm-hmm. it's like they're not finding what it is that they're looking for when they get to the church and it's a sad thing when what mm-hmm. you're looking for in god you can't find it in a god people yeah it's so disheartening but um when people associate i feel like people who are seeking for god who know that they want to be free um when they associate god with a building that's just out the gate uh, the wrong way to go about it and i just thank him for his grace the grace that he gave me to know that i can seek for him even not even you know outside of even going to church because when I first started when he first started pulling on my heartstrings and beckoning me near to him I I was working on Sunday morning so I couldn't even go to church but I found ways to connect I found ways so that's why I would admonish everybody to just stuff yourself with all godly content watch sermons uh read the word read the bible pray um, watch, you know, online services, uh, read godly content, um, and just try, you know, on your own personally, one-on-one and he will meet you there. Like God is not confined to a building, yes. even though I really truly believe that church is very important and edifying you and building you up. And he's even called us to not forsake the assembly, but I do feel that God can meet you anywhere at any state don't let people um deter you from growing up in christ and letting him you know draw you near and and maturing you well one of of the things that god has shown me out of all of my situations that i encountered all of the church hurt that i encountered was that church hurt is sometimes necessary and it probably sound like the, the worst thing to say, but it definitely is. If we think about the life of David and his situation with Saul and how mm-hmm. Saul, it, it wasn't that David had done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Saul was just jealous. He was just intimidated by what he saw on Saul. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that I kind of explain in my book is how spiritual parents our pastors and first ladies they're they're called to be our spiritual parents and when god puts somebody over your life to spiritually parent you he puts them there mm-hmm. and he gives them insight into who he called you to be even before we know it. and yeah. they're supposed to nurture you in that gift and they're supposed to push you towards that you know they're supposed to push you towards that purpose and a lot of times they'll get intimidated by where they see god taking you just as Saul did But the thing that I loved about David's story is that even when David had the opportunity to Uh kill Saul, he didn't have the opportunity. And it wasn't because he did love Saul, but it wasn't so much that he loved Saul that he didn't take that opportunity. He didn't take that opportunity because he knew that in spite of whatever it was that Saul had going on, Saul was Uh God's anointed. God anointed Saul to be king. And so on top of that, 
David went through what he went through to equip him for where he was going. Because if you can't sustain a couple of cuts in the church, how do you plan mm -hmm. on being so powerful and so mighty in God? Everybody mm -hmm. want to be on the stage, but don't nobody mm -hmm. want to go through the process that it takes to get to the stage. And mm -hmm. you got to be cut sometimes. You got to be cut yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as a Christian, we are called to suffer. Yes. So that's just, that's just part of the process. So, yeah. Um, I have another question, sister. What would you say to anyone who wants... Now, I'm speaking for the people who, you know, are not familiar with church, who are literally in the trenches still, and they want to be free. Um, what would you say to anyone who wants a desire for God but they just don't have that deep desire yet I'm sorry can you repeat that question one more time somebody ended up calling my phone okay what would you say to anyone who wants a desire for God but they just don't have that deep desire yet you know they want more of him they want to want more but they just they just don't have honestly it. i'm gonna tell you what what sharpened my desire for god first the first and foremost thing is it the 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 holy spirit the baptism of the holy spirit is gonna be a hard thing to keep wanting god because the holy spirit is your keeping power that's what keeps you wanting god on the flip side on the flip oh, side of that, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me just, I just want to squeeze this in right there. What I, what I always tell people who tell me that they want a deeper relationship with God is what exactly what you just said. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just gonna, it's, it's gonna be like, literally, it's gonna be so, so hard to, to even try to sustain. So, nothing is wrong with asking God to give you a deeper desire or to fill you with his Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is uh, what's going to, you know, put you in that place, ask for it. That's Nothing right. is wrong with that. No, you can go um, get it. I'm I sorry. I was just going to say, on top of, you know, uh, having the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you, the other thing is to make sure that you have a life of worship. And that, now that's that's one of my things right there mm -hmm. like worship is just my thing like that's what God has gifted me to mm -hmm. do that's what I desire to do and the reason why it's so mm -hmm. important in my life is because I've realized that that's exactly where I get strength that's exactly where God does his imparting into my life and if you think about it on mm -hmm. a natural level when it comes to a relationship between a husband and a wife if you're never intimate with your spouse then you ain't even relating to your spouse that's what caught when when there's a lack of intimacy in a relationship then that's what causes stress on a relationship that's what causes uh that's what causes mm -hmm. people to start getting agitated in the relationship so mm -hmm. it's in that time of worship that god is able to deposit in you and when god deposit in you then it causes you to bring forth that harvest. And then once you start seeing that harvest that God has placed on the inside of you, then the next thing you know, you're more desiring after him. You want to more. You want to go further after him because you're seeking for those deposits. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's so true. Okay, sis. So um, <clears throat> is there anything aside of what we just talked about that you want to share with the um, listeners? I mean, honestly, just if 
if where you are in your relationship with God, and even if it's not a desire, I'm just an advocate for if you think you did enough, do some more. Because there's so many levels mm-hmm. and there's so many layers to relationship with God. So I just admonish you to just continue to seek for God even the more. Just continue to seek for uh, whatever it is that mm-hmm. God has for you in this season. Because I'm telling you, even though we're going through a global uh situation pandemic everything that we're going through god is still blessing his people god is still favoring his people god is still speaking to his people and he's still strengthening relationship with his people so i just admonish you to just continue pressing for the things of god amen thank you so much sister you have so much wisdom and i just appreciate your insight and your time thank you so much for blessing us with this episode and um i want y'all to look out for her book i don't know when it's dropping or when it's going to be released but it's called from pain to purpose sister do you know when um around what time Um, your book will be released before the new year so right now i'm kind of like in the last stages or what have you before i send it off to publishing so awesome so happy for you congratulations on finishing your book i cannot wait to read it Uh so um i don't know how I don't know how I forgot because I always open up with a prayer and I realized shortly after and it's probably because of my nerves I did not pray in the beginning (laughs) so we definitely have to pray can we please pray this this episode out because I don't my nerves got the best of me in the beginning and I completely forgot to pray you want me to pray Yes, please. Can you close us out in prayer? Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you, God, first and foremost, for this opportunity, God, to share your word, oh God, to break bread amongst my sister, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for her even thinking of me, oh Lord. Father, I thank you, oh God, for the wisdom that you've given my sister, oh God. I thank you for the insight that you've given her, oh God, to even put this together, God, to draw people to you, Lord. Father, I pray, God, that there was something that was said, Lord, that will rest upon the heart of your people God that will provoke them to change God and not just a temporary change God but an everlasting change oh Lord Father I pray oh God that you would open up the hearts of your people oh God and that you would cause them to seek for a deeper more intimate relationship with you oh God Father let worship fall upon the hearts of your people oh God Father we even pray God that you would bring the church back into alignment to where you say that we should be oh God Father help us oh God to put you back up on the throne of our hearts oh God and to let you reign in our lives oh God as King Lord Father we thank you and praise you oh God for your strength we thank you and praise you for your power for your anointing oh God and even for your peace God that you said surpasses all understanding God and Father we just give you all the praise we give you all the glory we give you all the honor in Jesus mighty name we pray amen Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in to his chosen child podcast. Um, we have an episode, um, part three of Jesus Christ, my all in all publishing soon. So be sure to, um, be on the lookout for that. And, um, you can find my sister Latrina Scott 
what's your uh can you give them your social media because i want people to be able to um find you when they are uh trying to um, get your you book when it drops me on facebook just at latrina scott um and then i have an instagram but i don't really be on there like that so okay yeah so you guys just um look out for her book by the i guess i would say the beginning of next year should be out for sure and um thank you guys for listening we love you and god bless